0: Get your pen and paper ready. It's time for another edition of The, the Flex. Flex. The absolute best fantasy football podcast in existence.
1: I'll say this, not to say that I disagree,
0: but... I disagree.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Presented by Broadway Sports. All right. The Flexers ready.
2: Welcome into The Flex, the most accurate fantasy show with three dudes in three different locations with a penguin in the background of one of the locations. My name is Zach O'Lantern Lions. you can follow me on Twitter at FWordsPod. I'm joined as sometimes, always, by the inventor of the most accurate NFL grading system, the proprietary RGPFS, Robert Spleenlaw. Follow him on Twitter at Rob on Broadway. And of course, confused in L.A. is Justin Gravedigger. I'll follow him on Twitter at Titans Film Room. We are all brought to you by the world's leading employer of online shit stirrers, BroadwaySportsMedia.com. Go subscribe because we have something major dropping soon that is going to be the first of its kind in the Nashville sports market coming soon to members only in November Greenlaw, Thursday morning, you released your Twitter takes article that always sits the internet ablaze like it's the fucking human torch. Do you have a preview of some of the tweets that didn't make it but are still really,
1: really bad? I do. Um, So I got to call out CBS, uh, NFL on CBS. They put out a list the other day of all of these NFL legends that Tom Brady has more than double their touchdowns in it. And on the list, you got John Elway, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Terry Bradshaw, and then at the bottom of the list, they included Kyle Orton. Uh, so it's kind of <laughs> one of those like, which one of these things doesn't belong? You got all, all of these guys who've won multiple Super Bowls, and then you have Kyle Orton, who's never won anything in, in his life. He he had a hundred a hundred touchdowns, and they decided to include him on this list. What? <laughs> Is this, is this real? I promise you. It's real. I got it right here. I mean, that is that you is utterly ridiculous
2: that. while Kyle Orton is ever on anybody's list of top-tier yep. quarterbacks. Right so above
1: is, him, they put uh, Troy Aikman. And then, obviously, the next person you would think of after Troy Aikman is Kyle Orton. Yeah.
2: It's like including Sam Gatto in the uh, any any kind of running backs list. That's what it, I feel like is the equivalent of including Kyle Orton. Oh, wow. So, we are going to get into a bunch of different topics. We're trying to bring you something different than our usual sit-start every week. And so, this week, we have Week 7 Heartbreaks, Who Broke Our Heart in Week 7, Rest of the Way Quarterbacks, Rest of the Way Running Backs, Rest of the Way Wide Receivers, Players that have the easiest and the hardest schedules that you need to be aware of at those positions. And then we also have the Week 8 Rebound. Some players that probably have been piddling around on your fantasy roster and you're just kind of a little fed up with them. And then, of course, if you are on YouTube and on Facebook, and if you're on Twitter, please go to YouTube or Facebook. We will answer all your sit-start questions. Please put those in the chat. You can go ahead and start putting them in right now. Make sure to go to Facebook or YouTube to be able to do that because Twitter is a bitch and will not let you put in replies and questions in the chat. And does not. it's not our fault. It's for any streaming platform that they use. They are being secretive little bitches and not letting us do any kind of stuff. So please go to Facebook. We are on Facebook at Broadway Sports Media. And we are on YouTube at Broadway Sports Media as well. Go to both of them, youtube.broadwaysportsmedia.com. Go ahead and subscribe. That is the best place to go. You get more options on YouTube anyway. You can do, you know, closed captioning. Maybe you're deaf. Go to closed captioning. If you're deaf, you're probably not even hearing me say this anyway. But, you know, it is what it is. But... Go to YouTube, get HD. We're all in full 1080p HD. You can see the Penguin, all the liquor bottles that are behind there, behind uh, Green Law. You can see all the books and Funkos and records. And then a bunch of secretive notes, I
3: feel like. What is that behind you? What'd you just point at? You can read this motivational note I have for myself, which says, Greatness isn't easy. hmm If you're watching in HD. I don't know. I disagree. So anyway, let's just jump into it.
2: Justin Graver, you haven't spoken a lot, so we're going to go toss to you first. Week 7 heartbreaks.
3: My Week 7 heartbreak was none other than Titans stud MVP, Derek Henry. And it's actually hilarious to me that Henry had what was effectively his worst game since Week 1. and From a fantasy perspective, from a statistical, just on-the-field perspective... He didn't score a rushing touchdown. He obviously threw the touchdown, but this is the game that really ignited his MVP talk. It was like not even that that great of a game for his standards, but it was because he threw a touchdown pass. But in fantasy, he only put up 14 points and uh, kind of sunk some teams. I mean, 14 points is fine, but... When it's Derrick Henry and he's on the role he's been on, and they're going against the Chiefs defense, who, if anyone saw the graph that Ben Baldwin was circulating, that had run defense grade on one axis and uh, run defense like st- win rate, like stop rate on the other axis. And the Chiefs were as far to the bottom and to the left as you could possibly be. It was like the worst run defense we've ever seen right now. And uh, to only put up 86 yards on 29 carries was just a little disappointing. Everyone thought he was going to get to a hundred. He did have two negative four yard carries in the second half where the chiefs were just the Titans weren't even trying anymore. So,
2: you, so your heartbreak is that instead of finishing like the ultimate running back ever in yardage for a weekend that, you know, he's kind of just like down below. Oh my gosh. he's really down below. Right. Where's he at?
3: 14, 14 points at the- last week. That's not he's very a- high.
2: Yeah, 13, 16.4 if you're in PPR is supposedly like that's to pretty runners. good for this past week's
1: running backs, though.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's good for running backs, but you know, so you see the matchup going in, you're like, right. oh, this is gonna be he's gonna break a thousand yards on the season in this game, which he needed over 200 to do, but people were talking about it because that's what the matchup was there.
2: But I don't think I really realized how low on the list he was until just now because I figured, okay, well, he's got the passing touchdown. Right, I Which mean, only that's counts
3: four points in most points leagues. In, in most, in leagues, all in most leagues, in most people's leagues, drop it form. in the chat. Do you play a four-point touchdown or six-point touchdown? We want everybody's know. like,
2: what are you talking about? What's a four-point
1: touchdown, Greenlaw? Yeah, what is your coming, heartbreak coming from the guy who is in a league with a six-point passing touchdown? That that's he just my family league. The point scoring
3: is crazy yeah. in that league. It's like bonuses yeah, for, sure. for everything. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My disappointment this
1: week was a, a trio of running backs that we've talked about on this show before. Um, they were all really pretty bad this week. It was Antonio Gibson, who we we love, uh, Mike Davis, who we were some of us were high on the beginning of the season. Uh, JG thinks that Wayne Gallman's still going to have a breakout second half of this year, and then Ramondre Wayne Gallman Stevens was an example
3: that, of who it could be. Yeah, it's yeah, Not yeah, a yeah, definitive yeah. suggestion
1: yeah so these three guys have been you know, they're running back two have taken over their their jobs or in Ramondre Stevenson's case, like he wasn't even active this past week for no one knows the reason he was a healthy scratch um, after being the go-to back behind uh, Harris last week, hopefully you know going forward, that's not the case that he's not inactive and he can you know catch some passes. But the other two guys, it's very disturbing to see how much they're using J.D. McKissick in Antonio Gibson's case and uh, Patterson in Mike Davis's case. Patterson makes sense since he's been effective, but McKissick makes literally no sense to me. I don't understand why they keep on refusing to put Gibson on the bench and have McKissick catch all these passes and have a decent amount of rushing attempts, too. It makes no sense to me. Um, it has maybe, to be because some the shin, shin injury right yeah yeah
2: that's that's what i'm thinking is that has to be the shin injury that they're trying to at least get him to the bye without overexerting the injury is what i'm assuming because it's the dumbest fucking staff i've ever seen
1: it is so week and the thing is week one that he had like a 20 percent target share or something like that like ridiculous like we were like this is the you know washington cmc we talked about all off season and then every week since then it's he's been back to what he was last year which is basically catching no passes having zero targets and McKissick's the the pass catching back in that that offense so maybe yeah maybe after the bye it, it helps but your shin's not going to you know heal in the one week for the bye it's like a 2 to 3 week thing that they'd have to shut him down for and i don't know why they haven't done it already if they think that you know, it's, it's hurting him that much.
2: And to be honest, according to my own research, Antonio Gibson has not been a top 12 running back once this season. And that is utterly ridiculous as we are a, an Antonio Gibson podcast. Like we talked about Antonio Gibson all year, last year, and we hyped him up all year this year. I have him in many, many fantasy leagues and he is just been a big disappointment and I'm with you it's heartbreaking for me as a one Memphis grad to a fantasy football owner to see Antonio Gibson just wallow a- away, maybe because of a shin injury, but we saw this last year. So I don't really know what to expect, but JD, McKissick the shin, is, they're both yeah, RB twos. That's what's yeah, crazy.
1: And, and McKissick has this thing where he like, I think only on even weeks does he produce. So this week he'll, He'll have 20 points, I'm sure. Uh, But Gibson had like a 73-yard receiving touchdown earlier this year with the broken shin. So I I really don't get it. And then Mike Davis, 60% of the snaps this past week, and he had four touches. Tell me how that makes sense. (laughs) It doesn't make sense.
2: And we at this point, we as a podcast just need to put a moratorium on talking any kind of shit or decline about uh, Corderell Patterson because it's not – It's not going to happen. And And until we see it, we should not talk about it.
1: His snaps and, you know, target share and touches have gone up every single week. So, yeah. Okay, guys, don't forget, YouTube, Facebook
2: is where you put in your questions. We're going to answer them all to the end. We do see a lot of questions flowing in. So if you want to make sure that yours gets answered, you better put it in the chat now. And we will make sure that we save it and get to it. My week seven heartbreak is the boy that I've been pounding the table for for a while now, Tim Patrick, and of Mm. course, as I need him because of my bi-week blues, he puts his first single-digit performance on the fucking map, and it is maddening because this freaking Denver offense makes completely no sense. He still yeah. ran 97% of the routes that were called upon, and he still got 16% of the targets, but he only walked away with two points. If you were in a, uh, you know, I think I'm in Standard League where I had that. But the problem is here is that this isn't actually a balanced environment for a, a run or for a passing wide receiver to to get it. I just completely botched all that. But it's a balanced offense, and he should be seeing way more than what he got, and he got a lot of targets this past week. He just, for whatever reason, was sunk. I don't know if it's the Cleveland defense or if it was just his quarterback is now hitting the wall because Teddy Bridgewater is apparently only good for like six or seven games per season. I don't know. But this this Denver this whole Denver offense has me a tad bit worrisome when it comes to the passing game if they don't get this corrected and get
1: it corrected quickly. And you've got more mouths to feed now with Judy coming back. So it's not yeah. a great situation for, for Tim Patrick in general.
2: It seems that Noah Fant as the weeks progressed, Noah Fant became the go to target for Teddy Bridgewater. I don't know if that's because of the limitations of the quarterback skills of Teddy Bridgewater. I I, I don't know because that's what's maddening. And I don't know why I subject myself every year to having shares in this fucking Denver offense. It does not matter who the head coach is. does not matter who the offensive coordinator is. At some point, you hit a wall of frustration with this Denver yeah. offense, and nobody's above it. Courtland Sutton is not impervious to it. Tim Patrick is not impervious to it. Nobody's impervious to it. Once you get into that high altitude lack of oxygen, it's like (laughs) in LA, just all the smog, you can't breathe in Denver, so
1: it didn't
3: uh, didn't stop Peyton Manning, but Javante Williams too. I mean, I think Javante Williams' breakout is still to come, but I agree mostly. It's he looks
1: great. Big. Williams looks great. Yeah. They just you know don't want to give him the ball. Give him ball. the altitudes. Getting to Shermer, I think. Yeah, yeah. It just gets
2: it, it gets everybody at some point. It succumbs to everybody. Don't forget, Peyton. It, Peyton Manning fought it off for a while, but it got to his neck. That high high altitude. I think he would tell you that. I think he would tell you that. Uh, Ryan Watson chimes in, said faint would be the dude with Juwady out. I don't know who Juwady is, but sure. So we are going to move into the rest of the way quarterbacks, and that falls onto no Justin Graver, who is going to give you two, two, people, two quarterbacks to stick with for the rest of the way or to try to get, and two quarterbacks you may want to ditch for the rest of the way. Justin Graver... I'll let you take it from there. How do you want to do it? Do you want to do two and two name all four? And we just all, you know, battle Royal. What do you want to
3: do? I'll, I'll go one at a time. You guys can react as needed. If you agree, disagree, if you want me to just keep rolling after I, I make a point, then that Let's, works. We'll go one-on-one. Let's we'll start with my favorite, mostly available quarterback. I, I'm going with two quarterbacks. that should be mostly available. Cause I feel like people who have Josh Allen and just any of the elite quarterbacks don't like trading those guys. So, I'm looking at Tua Tagovailoa right now. Tua has played 2 games since coming back from his injury that he that knocked him out. He's QB3, three, QB3 three overall in those 2 weeks since since uh, returning from that injury. He does have a tough matchup this week against Buffalo. So, Buffalo is allowing the fewest points to fantasy quarterbacks this year, 13 points per game to fantasy quarterbacks. Some of that is like matchup based. We're still only in week It's only going to be week eight, but we're also entering the point of the year where like looking at strength of schedule really does start to matter because we have a bigger sample size. So I don't know if you start him against Buffalo, but if somebody else in your league has him already, maybe they drop him this week after a bad week against Buffalo. Maybe it's a buy low opportunity if uh, if he doesn't play well. And if he's out there on waivers, I'm grabbing this guy right now, especially if you've been struggling to find consistency uh, at your quarterback position. He's got Houston in week nine. He gets the jets in week 11 and in week 15, which is fantasy playoff time. So I really do think he's a potential low end QB one the rest of the way.
2: You're not concerned about Deshaun Watson or just kind of do you handcuff him?
3: That actually feels like a little bit of motivation for Tua to kind of ball out as all these rumors swirling about Deshaun Watson. Like, there's a lot of rumors. Some of them are that Miami won't do a trade until Watson's legal situation is clarified. And that makes sense. And so that could conceivably give two a time to make Miami say, hmm, maybe we don't need Watson after all. But that's only going to happen if he balls out over the rest of this, you know, next five weeks or so. What
1: do you what do you think about this? I think
3: they do need Watson.
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I think they do need Watson. Period. He threw at the ball 40 times last week and 47 times the week before and his yards per attempt are 7.3 and seven. Like th- that's pretty pedestrian for throwing the ball that much. And he st- he's still, he's had uh, two picks last week and a pick the week before that he's not playing. And I mean, he's playing okay. Fantasy. wise it's not like he's lighting the world fire and they can't run the ball at all. They, their whole offense is QB3. passing the ball. So
3: QB3, QB three over the last two weeks. Can't argue with I, that.
1: Yeah, but I I'm mean, saying,
2: do you think? From do you a think,
1: winning think, game standpoint, yeah. I think they got to make a move for Watson, and Watson becomes like an instant top five quarterback rest of the season if they get him. Uh, but I guess just from volume, if two is still the quarterback, I'll, you know, I'll bite if I'm, if I'm struggling to fill that roster spot.
2: I mean, do you even think, if they, let, let me ask it, you a question. To to Greenlaw's point, and I know this will tie into it, but Stephen, do you think Stephen Ross is coming down and saying that hey, you know, I know where we're at with this quarterback, but we really need to trade for Deshaun Watson, and you know Brian Flores like whoa whoa whoa, have you seen his fantasy stats though? I mean, like ultimately, that's what boils down to is not the fantasy stats, and I and I, I do to play devil's advocate here. That is devil's advocate, but I agree with you. I don't think even his on-field performance has been as bad as what people want it to be because people want Deshaun Watson freed from Houston, even though that he is has to be guilty at some point through all. He these shouldn't whole
3: even things. be. He shouldn't even be freed right. to walk the streets right now. He should be incarcerated. But um, <laughs> exactly. Even I don't if think he, he does get traded, I don't. Go ahead. I was just going to say, even if he does get traded, like the the chances that he actually gets on the field in the 2021 season feel pretty low to me. So I think there would be some suspension or something that happened, conduct policy violation or whatever, where Tua would play the season anyway. So we're only talking about – I'm not talking about Um, – Yeah, unless Tua
1: is included in in a trade out to somebody else, whether it's to to Denver or Washington Washington. or wherever it is. In which case, Fair I might I like know. Tua with uh, Scary Terry quite a bit. Uh, yeah.
2: I, I would because so. t- Tyler Henneke, or is it Taylor or Tyler? I don't know. That Henneke he kid, he's pretty good. When, But as a fantasy quarterback, right? So yeah. like, if Tua goes there, I think it'd be a lot better.
3: Yeah. All right, my other guy to go get is Derek Carr, who I have never been really a fan of his game, but he's playing the best football of his career right now. He has five games this season with 300 or more passing yards and two passing touchdowns in the same game. Five such games. No other quarterback in the league has more than three such games. Not Tom Brady, not any of these quarterbacks. Josh Allen, nobody that you think is playing really well has uh, even more than three games like that. So he's putting up the stats right now. The volume is there. Passing volume is there. The yardage volume. He's throwing it downfield to Henry Ruggs pretty well, and the quarterback the coaching change from John Gruden to Rick, Rich Passaccia doesn't really seem to have hindered him much. He's a high floor, weekly floor player. I think that he's a starter in fantasy, and if he's still available on waiver wires or if you're trying to, like, really desperate for a quarterback and you could trade some bench pieces to somebody to grab him, I think he's more than a viable starter going forward the rest of the season. And on top of all of that, he has the single easiest fantasy schedule against quarterbacks, according to fantasy pros from week eight through the end of the year.
1: Yeah. Just think yeah. of the, his division. He gets to play the chiefs. He gets to who I don't think they've played yet. So he gets to play them twice. He gets to play the chargers again and Denver's been okay, but they did let uh case Keenum
3: throw a little they bit good early him. in the year, but they've lost all their pass rushers and they, they just right. still look like the same, no linebackers. Anymore. They just
1: got it, a linebacker eight, for,
3: eight on ir yeah
1: yeah well and i look at this way before
2: the john gruden fiasco they were averaging they were dead last in play action passing 16 percent, and he was still putting up really good numbers and now he's putting up good and then he kind of hit a lull there and then he's back and rebounded and since john gruden has left they're 30% and 32% in their play action uh pass rankings. And when you really look at it, they're more of a pass balanced kind of offense because whether they're trailing or just very close, they're top 15 in both in when it comes to calling pass game, pass plays. Now, when they get the lead and get a really good lead, they're almost dead last. So, it goes back to the running game, but in the end, I mean, Derek Carr, I have I said Derek Carr last week about this Las Vegas Raiders offense, and I mentioned Derek Carr a couple of episodes ago as well. Derek Carr's playing his MVP level efficiency, except for he will not get recognized as an MVP level candidate at this point forward just because of that whole Raiders mess that is going on, and... It's a shame because I think he's doing tremendous things with basically having to play football within the environment that he's been playing, but also with the pass catchers he's been playing with that are not up to the level of some of the other MVP candidates and the supporting cast around those guys.
1: Mm -hmm. And so last, last week he didn't have Darren Waller. He completed over 90% of his passes had over 300 yards passing and now, I mean, like you said, he doesn't have the pass catchers. He didn't have them last week. Still was really good. Uh, I do think his brother is going to bring him up in the MVP conversation. Believe yeah. it or not, his brother <laughs> does it quite a bit. So I think that's going to happen. Uh, but going forward, you got to kind of look at the loss of Willie Sneed off of that team and think, how is it going to impact this uh, pass catching core? Huge, massive, massive
3: impact. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's move on now to the two quarterbacks I'm avoiding. And these are mostly based on strength of schedule, but there are other factors at play as well. The fourth hardest strength of schedule for quarterbacks going forward. And it seems kind of counterintuitive because they actually have a pretty easy real life schedule, but it's Carson Wentz and the Indianapolis Colts. And in second, the second hardest schedule going forward is the San Francisco 49ers. And I picked out Trey Lance as a quarterback that I'm avoiding. I'm also avoiding Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think everyone's avoiding Jimmy Garoppolo. But if you have Trey Lance stashed on your bench because you're waiting for him to take over as a starter and be a fantasy stud. It ain't happening this year. I'm sorry. I think it's time to drop Trey Lance. Even if he does come into the lineup at some point, which Shanahan doesn't seem to want to make happen. I think that it's going to be a tough road for him. Yes. He's got the rushing floor, but how high is the ceiling really for Carson Wentz with this tough schedule? I think the Colts are really relying on the run game and the, and Jonathan Taylor's playing really good football. He's up to second in the league in rushing yards. Now, obviously behind Derrick Henry, and as they have an easy real life schedule, they're not going to need Carson Wentz to really make plays. And Carson Wentz has been hitting some downfield passes. He has three straight games with, I think, uh, 15 or more, 20 or more fantasy points. He has three straight good games. And uh, he's playing good football, but he's going to get hurt at some point. He's Carson Wentz, okay? It's going to go downhill. I'm not buying in. Um, I think that if you want to use him for a week or two as a week fill-in, that's fine. But after that, like, he's not worth keeping on your roster. He's a droppable quarterback. And Trey Lance... The stash is over. I'm sorry.
2: Well, you don't get to play crappy teams every week like they've they played and you're going to run into a couple of games here and there. So it's a very it's purely matchup base for Carson Wentz. And then on top of that, you're you're right. It is a run first kind of offense right now. And Jonathan Taylor is probably going to get his, which means less attempts for Carson Wentz to do anything. And None of his receivers can stay healthy. So it's just kind of a mess. And I agree about Trey Lance and Jimmy G. It's it's unfortunate because everybody wants to see what Trey Lance is. But at this point, I don't have faith in Kyle Shanahan that he really knows what he's doing as a head coach. And I know that sounds odd because two years ago he was in a freaking Super Bowl. But when you look at it, you're talking about a guy that is just... Totally thrown away Brandon Ayuk for whatever reason, and is deciding that Jimmy G is just you know, if if he thinks Jimmy G is that much better than Trey Lance, and he's the offensive genius that everybody says he is, then there's something wrong with Trey Lance, or there's something wrong with Kyle Shanahan. Those it. It can't be that Kyle Shanahan's right and Trey Lance is is this godsend of a quarterback, or it's just got to (laughs) be that he is this godsend of a quarterback and Kyle Shanahan's stupid because it doesn't make any sense in the world after you watch an Indianapolis-San Francisco game while Jimmy G should be starting unless they're just like, hey, we know this team sucks, Trey. Maybe it's because of me, but this team sucks, so we're not going to put you
1: in this year. I'm gonna, I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna play uh, Devil's Advocate, and I'm gonna actually Lance. I'm not gonna argue for Carson Wentz. <laughs> you guys have made me a believer in Jalen Hurts as a fantasy quarterback because that dude stinks as a real life quarterback. I think the same can be said for Trey Lance. He Jalen Hurts is completing like 50 percent of his passes. The ceiling or the floor is so low with him and the ceiling is so low for him as a passer. It's unbelievable. Every week I'm looking at his completion percentage and it's like under 50%. I'm like, how is he going to get it to exactly 50% where he is every week? And then every week I go into the fourth quarter with him on one of my teams with like nine points. And then in the fourth quarter, he ends up getting 25 or something because he can, he gets garbage time points. He gets rushing points. I think the similar thing is going to be true with, Trey Lance with a better offensive play caller than Nick Sirianni, who today is talking about plants and flowers and all, all sorts of stuff when he's talking better. I don't, I have no idea what that dude's doing, but I, I think, I think uh, Shanahan is a better play caller than Sirianni. And so I think going forward, they can be similar. I'm not saying Trey Lance is going to be a top five quarterback in fantasy like Jalen Hurts has but I do think he's probably startable when he's when he's in there, I, and I would I think he's going to be a top twelve quarterback from the time he actually starts to the rest of the season.
3: The thing is, Jalen Hurts. You talk about garbage time. Forty three percent of oh, his I fantasy points <laughs> have come in the fourth quarter this season. That's courtesy of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. Tune in uh, Monday, Wednesdays at four PM Central Time.
2: I will move away from that and continue on with some very, very more piss poor news. And these are running backs that I am staying away from. And I am staying away from two. I'm staying away from the backfield that is the Raiders and the backfield that is Ravens. Both of these are bottom tier matchups to rest away from weeks eight, obviously because they're both on bye. but let's say weeks nine through the end of the season have some of the worst the worst fantasy matchups. And not only that, you have to look at Josh Jacobs can't stay healthy. And then how are they going to use Kenyon Drake, even if he is the main guy, because you still have Peyton Barber, who probably will come in to take over the Josh Jacobs role. And then you look over here to the Ravens, and they got a complete mess of just utter dog crap. I have never seen a worse running back room to Latavius Murray, Devontae Freeman, and um Le'Veon, oh crap, Bell. Le'Veon Bell and Tyson Williams, who they have just they thrown and tossed away. I mean, he is he's murdered in a ditch. This is a Halloween episode. That's okay to say. He is dead. He is buried deep, deep somewhere. He may revive his career somewhere else. But holy crap. And you would think that a Mark Roman offense with or Greg Roman offense with Lamar Jackson, as we have seen previously would be something big, but they are so dependent on touchdowns because they are, they as a running back group are not getting yards. There is no consistency week to week, except for Devontae Freeman somehow finds the end zone for whatever reason. But, Lamar Jackson, eventually that is not going to work for this Ravens offense because that is their bread and butter. And when you deviate from their bread and butter, it's just utter chaos. And then, like I said, this Raiders team, the, even when they're playing close, they are still a top 15 passing offense, even when they're close. So all the pass plays they call – or top 15. So they're not even really worried about running out the clock or whatever. And Josh, like I said, Josh Jacobs has a really tough time staying healthy or playing through injuries. I'd just be very cautious with their schedules and what they'll dictate the game script to be and the talent level of these back of the Ravens backfield. I would just caution that I am staying away from the rest of the way for these guys. I would try to I don't know who you could trade out of these guys that you would be able to do, get
1: anything for. You're
2: kind of stuck you with them.
1: You got to drop them. I just dropped Murray this week. It's that situation is terrible. You went from having, you know, J.K. Dobbins in preseason was the clear number one there, and then Gus Edwards was the two. And then when Dobbins went down, you had the clear number one in Gus Edwards, and then after that, kind of all went to crap. And it, it is the worst situation. RB situation, I think in the whole league, you have no idea what they're going to do week to week with usage with any of these guys. It's yeah, I think they're all cuttable.
3: Yeah, I did have to start Devonta Freeman last week because of the crazy buys, and he got me thirteen points, but I dropped him this week. Yeah, because so. he might. Get you just, you just next can't
2: week. trust him. So, yeah. so some of the running backs that I am all in on, I'm all, and I know I don't know why I'm doing this to myself. I really don't. Javante Williams has has one of the has probably the best fantasy running back schedule ahead of him. Javante Williams is the truth. I don't know what it is about the Denver Broncos, other than it's the high altitude over there, that they refuse to give their best back the running ball or the ball. But it's something that they do. They do it every year. However, Javante Williams is clearly clearly the best running back and i think at this point in time now is the time to trade for javante williams i think we've already talked about this i think last week i think is what when we said this or maybe two weeks ago go get him i well i won't swear but i'm fairly confident that this will work out for you (laughs) if you do it now is the time. He had a he had a pretty good game against the Cleveland Browns. He has those. He's kind of like Tim Patrick. He has those double low end, double digit games. Very basically, pretty much a running back two. Eventually, those will turn into running back one numbers when he gets into this better part of the schedule. Go pick up Javante Williams. The other one, just real quick, is um, Daryl Henderson. Great. Obviously, you probably already have him, and obviously probably already know. But the reason I put him on the list is because he has the second easiest schedule. However, with his injury history and with the kind of output he has put in these last few weeks, we're talking about 15 for 45 and 21 for 78 and a touchdown. Like he's been struggling to find those running lanes lately. The you may be able to buy him at the right price. So I, I just want to say that I think you should put out a couple feelers to get Daryl Henderson and get him on your team for the long haul. And you may be able to trade away someone like, a, I don't know, you could probably trade away someone like
1: Emmanuel Sanders and
2: another player for Daryl Henderson. I think that would be a good trade for you.
1: Yeah. Henderson's been one of the most consistent running backs all year. I even last week in a down week, I think he had like 17 points, which you're going to take it in this running back group, you know, all day. And I'm with you on Williams. I'm trying to trade for him in a couple of weeks.
3: Yeah. And I said earlier, Javante Williams breakout is definitely coming. So just hold steady. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know it's tough.
2: It's tough to hold steady when you're in week eight and you're looking at it and you're like, God, do I have to, you know, put this guy in again, but, I think he's one of the guys that you just kind of hold steady for. We will, I'm sorry. I kind of forgot that I was uh, actually hosting this show, uh, rest away wide receivers. We're going to start with you Greenlaw.
1: Yeah, I'll start with the guys I want you to avoid. Uh, we'll start with Robert Woods from, uh, the Rams fourth hardest, uh, you know, rest of season schedule, uh, coming up. And then, his yards per route, JG shared this in our chat uh, this week, yards per route run, he's 66 out of 89 wide receivers. And he's like right above Nico Collins. And I think Dante Pettis was the other one. Like, not great company you want to keep when you're a fantasy wide receiver. Probably drafted him as a high, high-end wide receiver too. He's only had more than six targets twice this season. It, it doesn't look like it's going to get much better for Robert Woods. So... He's a guy, if you have him, try to trade him away. He's definitely not someone you're dropping, but try to trade him away. Maybe name value gets you something uh, with him. And the same thing probably applies to the next guy I'm going to talk about, Odell Beckham. He, Odell Beckham has not played poorly, just like Robert Woods hasn't played poorly. But the thing with Odell Beckham is he's getting around six targets a game. And the crazy thing about that is 56% of his targets are catchable only 56. So it's basically a coin flip every time someone throws him the ball, whether it's going to be a catchable pass or not. So even though he's, he's playing well, his quarterbacks aren't getting the job done. Baker's been horrible. Case Keenum's not very good. Uh, this, maybe you can get something for Odell, but he hasn't produced. So I, if, if anyone's looking at like his recent history, they're not going to, you know, want to give up much, but I don't think he's going to be good at all the rest of the year. So, if you can trade him for anything, even if it's like a some sort of flex player, that that's what you need to do because this is not a great situation for either one of these guys. I'd imagine Odell it, this is his last year in Cleveland too because this is a mess.
2: You you kind of need to hold on to him until you see if he gets traded because I think that is a good trade candidate that yeah. maybe he'll end up somewhere. Um would you would you rather have Robert Woods or Daryl Henderson in a PPR league the rest of the way? And do you think you could trade
1: Robert Woods for Daryl Henderson? You mean Odell it, or or Daryl? Because I would take Daryl all day. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, couldn't you couldn't yeah. package the two of those Odell and Robert Woods. I would say no if I had Daryl Henderson. Agreed. I
2: see a couple of trade questions coming in. We'll get to those at the very end. Uh, James and
1: Mabon or Mabon.
2: Uh, well, maybe he's we'll get- not
1: going to like my next part because I'm going to talk about literally two of the guys he uh, traded away as guys. I think you should you should add for the the long run here. Let's get so, into. It. Yeah, first guy is AJ Brown, with Titans. You know the only only games he's been fully healthy in, he has eight, nine, nine, and nine targets. So that's. That's better than he had last year where, you know, we were like, why, why isn't he getting more than six targets a game, seven targets a game? Well, he's getting fed now and now he's starting to produce. So the last two games he had 91 yards and then 133 plus a touchdown. He's got the, I think like the, the 12th easiest rest of season schedule. And then the playoffs, he's got Pittsburgh, San Francisco, and Miami, San Francisco and Miami are, are pretty bad past defenses and pittsburgh's been about neutral against wide receivers so he's his yak hasn't been there because of you know hamstring and illness but i think he's starting to get it back i think he's going to be a top seven receiver the rest of the season um i might even say top five i think the sky's the limit with aj brown he's clearly the number one receiving option in the offense uh so i would not trade him away i would have been trying to trade for him instead and then the other guy hasn't played it down this year Um, michael thomas i think michael thomas is a good ad candidate just because of opportunity the saints don't have anybody that can catch passes on a consistent basis like literally nobody besides alvin Kamara, and you know that's your running back so he's gonna get a lot of opportunity when he comes back He's Rap Sheet said today he's gonna come back in November. He thinks maybe in two like two weeks from now he'll be back and playing playing a lot. He's been with the team. It's not like the offseason where he was kind of MIA. He's been with the team. So he's you know, he's in the playbook. He's I'm assuming talking to Jameis. And even if he's not talking to Jameis, is Jameis really gonna throw to like Traquan Smith or Marquez Callaway over Michael Thomas anyway? No. So I I think Michael Thomas is you can probably get him for a close to nothing. You could probably definitely get him for Odell Beckham, I'd imagine. And I would make that trade 10 times out of 10 because at least Michael Thomas, he's a flyer. That's probably going to turn into something. Whereas Odell Beckham, I don't think he's going to be anything the rest of this year.
2: Yeah. And Michael Thomas coming back probably also helps like Marquez Calloway as well, who won't have to be the number one wide receiver. And, yeah. and I'm with you. I'm with you on both these. I mean, I, I, no no offense to Maybond, but I look at his trade and I just I, I laugh a little bit because no man. I mean you traded for and <laughs> <you traded> for <laughs> Dalvin Cook who can't stay healthy and Joe Mixon is a workhorse running back and I mean we'll we'll get into it right here. I, I that is a ridiculous trade and I wish
3: you, you were got fle- You got absolutely fleeced, Tommy.
2: I wish you were in. I wish you were in my league. I wish more people were like you in my league because I would love to have people like (laughs)
1: you. No, what are you doing? I am praying that he has Madison. I'm praying that he has Madison, or else that here's what's going to happen
3: the person that you just made this trade with is going to win your fantasy league. Now I would
1: not be surprised. That is good. (laughs) The the other thing with uh, Michael Thomas is he's got the fourth easiest rest of uh, rest of season schedule and he gets to play Tampa Bay. Who's been awful against the past Miami. Who's been awful against the past and Carolina who's unraveling as the year goes on against the past. So he, that's like a a league winner right there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: that, that broke my heart when I saw because I knew we were gonna have to poor poor Maybun.
1: Yeah, Boys I thought it was like a setup. I thought it was like after a, today. I yeah. thought it was one of you guys that put that in there. I was like, he's got two of the guys I'm telling you to go trade for in his trade away. No, no,
2: <laughs> that that is that is crazy. I feel bad for him. Week eight rebounds, and we are gonna get into it. Basically, the players right now that you think that have had. Uh, if last few weeks that you think will rebound this week, we're going to start with you, Justin. All
3: right. My week eight rebound candidate is Seattle Seahawks wide receiver, Tyler Lockett, who has had a pretty rough weeks three through seven. He was doing amazing after the first couple of games and he hasn't really done anything. I think he's wide receiver 75 from weeks two through seven. So that's, or three through seven. So that's pretty bad. That's not really starting a quality player, but this week, They get the Jaguars at home. Yes, Geno Smith is still going to be playing quarterback, but I think that this is a possible spot for Tyler Lockett to have a a pop-off game, one of those random 30-pointers that happen every few weeks throughout the year for him. Uh, He's already had two. Weeks one and two were amazing games. Been terrible since. Time for a spike week against a bad Jaguars defense that has been playing pretty well on offense this Monday night game that the Saints and Seahawks just played was so ugly and disgusting, but I feel like it's going to be the complete opposite kind of game uh, when they play Se- uh, Jacksonville at home. Jacksonville's offense has been putting it together a little bit, and uh, I think they'll put up some points and force you know Tyler Lockett and the Se- Seahawks to make plays.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean you have to you have to stick with Tyler and eventually like you said Russell Wilson's coming back, but it, it's a good matchup this week for him as well. What do you, what do you feel about Tyler Lock, Lockett rebounding this week great Greenlaw?
1: I mean, anything with Geno Smith doesn't give me the warm and fuzzies and he's I think he's favored Metcalf pretty significantly while he's been in, but he is one of those guys you probably don't have someone better on your bench to start over him or matchup than the, the Jaguars. So I think you got to ride with them.
2: Yeah, definitely think you got to ride with them. I am going to go with this Kansas city offense that thoroughly got embarrassed by Greg Mabin and company here in Tennessee. <laughs> Utterly pitiful showing on for all three of these guys, Patrick Mahomes, Tyree kill, and especially whiny bitch, baby, Travis Kelsey, Horrible showing. I mean, the whole year has been up and down, up and down. And, you know, I think Patrick Mahomes, I think all three of these guys are potentially by low candidates because all the national media has talked about this week, flooding the earwaves of everybody in your league is what is wrong with Kansas City? How are they ever going to fix it? What is the problem? Ten Turnover-worthy plays, interceptions... All of these guys are by low candidates that could probably turn your league, turn you into a league winner. And here's what I'm going to say is that through my own research, I found that Travis Kelsey has had three touchdowns in the first two games this season and one in the last five games combined. And Tyreek Hill put up 42.4 points per game in weeks one and three and 13.1 fantasy points per game in uh, the other five games. And that was due to my own research. And listen, not every every week is Travis Kelsey going to be put into a torture chamber by Dane Crookshank. Not every team has a all-star, all-pro, tight end covering safety like Dane Crookshank. So eventually he's going to break out. And not everybody has all-pro defensive back and Greg Mabin that's gonna just terrorize Tyreek Hill and put him in an elimination chamber. It's just not gonna happen. So you have to think these guys going up to New York are going uh, New York Giants are, are going to just decimate. Them. They're pissed, they're gonna play pissed. Andy Reid's bad. And let me say something the New York Giants suck. They have Logan Ryan and Dory Jackson, <laughs> they're burnt toast. Fuck those guys. Kansas City by
3: thirteen points or more. And you go ahead. I was gonna say it's not just the lowest point total of Patrick Mahomes' career. It's the lowest point total in the Andy Reid era for Kansas City. That goes all the way back to like two thousand eight or eleven or some some number like that. Um or I don't know how far back it goes, but it's a long time. So this was a total anomaly, like you said. They were, like, one of the best offenses in the NFL entering this game against the Titans on a, uh, yards per drive, touchdowns per drive, red zone conversion percentage. The only problem was that they were turning the ball over like crazy, which was costing them to lose games in real life, but it wasn't actually affecting their fantasy outlook on offense. So uh, I feel They're like-
1: still, like, seventh in points per game or something like that. Like, the... You said it all week. We've heard that the Kansas City offense is broken because of this one game. It's not. Mahomes is going to be a top three quarterback. Tyreek kills on pace to break the uh, receptions record. Travis Kelsey is going to be tight end one. If you can, you know, get in the mind of someone that has one of these players and trade them, you got to do it like tonight before the this week kicks off. Because yeah. after Monday, when everyone gets to see that game they're not going to be trading them anymore. So, you got to do it now if you're going to make that move, send out all your offers.
2: Yeah, now is the time to go and get that these wide receiver ones, tight end ones, and quarterback ones that have just been kind of a little bit of abysmal when it comes down to it. And and let me say this, the Patrick Mahomes turnovers, he's still doing the Basically he was 2.6 for all of 2020, 2.6% of all of 2020 in turnover worthy plays and he's only at 2.8 right now. The problem is luck. That luck is not going to that bad luck will not sustain itself and this offense will correct and flip on its head and you're going to be fine. Go
1: get these players if you can get these players. And if it doesn't turn yeah. around who cares? These they're still all three going to be great fantasy players. You're right. Now, Greenlaw, give
2: us your week eight rebounders.
1: We've talked a lot about the uh, Denver offense and how much it sucks, which is naturally why I'm going to tell you to start one of them. Uh, We're going to go with Cortland Sutton, who, you know, gets some competition back in Jerry Judy. But two of the last three weeks, Sutton's had over 10 targets, and he gets to play the Washington football team. And the Washington football team is the second worst defense against wide receivers this year for fantasy purposes. So, I think this is a guy you have to start. I know his production has been kind of all over the place, but this is about as good of a matchup as it gets. Yeah. So true.
2: I'm with you. I mean, who would have thought this Washington football team defense was going to fall off like it did compared to last year. I mean, you're talking about a team that was able to harass Tom Brady in the playoffs and technically should have gotten better. And, this whole Washington football team has just been kind of an utter disappointment on offense, on defense. Hopefully, Cortland Sutton does rebound because I do have to start in a couple
1: <laughs> Yeah. I'm not sure how Ron Rivera's kind of escaped all the blame, too. Everyone's blaming Jack Del Rio, and it's like, well, they're running what Ron Rivera wants them to run. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's definitely a situation where Jack Del Rio I, you know, at some points he was tied to the USC job, you know, and possibly going there a couple of decades ago, like maybe a decade yeah. ago, maybe he should leave for college because I don't think that he cuts in the NFL anymore. I think that his style is just not it. I think I do like riverboat run, but I don't know. Something steaks outside of, the staff, the whole like, organization, the front office, outside of the whole organization, the product they're putting on the football field, there's something that's causing that to be a bad product. And I think it comes down to the staff at this point. Yeah, Let's move into some start questions. We'll, um, Ghost Viking, of course, says Mahomes broke my heart this week. I think we already talked about that. Tyler Boyle says D'Ernest Johnson, Daryl Williams, or Emmanuel Sanders in a flex. I'm always going to go with Emmanuel Sanders if you have those three. Now, if Nick Chubb is ruled out, then I'd definitely go Dearness Johnson.
3: I agree with that. I think uh, Daryl Williams is a candidate, but I wouldn't really— I, I think Sanders against the Dolphins is a much better matchup than we've talked about, especially if this is a PPR league, how wide receivers just score more points— and, uh, yeah, if Nick Chubb doesn't play Dearness Johnson, but if Nick Chubb does play and it seems like Chubb's on track to play, I would say. Yeah, uh, I think so too. Be careful. He was,
2: yeah, I, I, I definitely think that you have to go Manuel Sanders. Greenlaw, what do you think?
1: No, I agree. As long as Chubb's not playing, uh, it's gotta be Sanders.
2: Let's see here. Uh, We already talked about Mabin, so uh, we're running a little bit close to time. So if you have any questions, you better get in now because we're going to take our last question just now. And I'm sorry we couldn't get to all of your questions. But trade Henderson, David Montgomery, Julio Jones, and Judy for Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Cooks. Eight man PPR. I guess he's five and two is his record. I would not trade no well, cmc no. you can't rely you can't rely on cmc and like, you can't rely on... is... henderson's a running back you, one
1: montgomery's a running back one when he's healthy uh and he's going to be back you know in a couple his weeks. wide receivers for...
2: must be really really bad
1: the other guys like, just trade julio music? and judy, judy for, for cooks, cooks. Yes. yeah yeah Just do that. That's the only part of the trade that makes sense. Do not stay away from Christian McCaffrey. Who knows when he's coming back, and when he does come back, who knows how long he's going to stay healthy. So unless you're getting him for almost nothing, where you can plug him in when he is healthy, absolutely not. Henderson's been really reliable, and the Bears, Bears are going to run the ball if nothing else.
3: Also, yeah. wait a week to trade Julio and Judy, I think, because Judy could step in and be the number one target. If it's a PPR league, I mean, he could be like 7 for 70 kind of guy almost yeah. every week. And yeah. Julio is looking healthier and better. He only played 29 snaps on Sunday because the Titans were dominating the the Chiefs. So why why throw him out there? The Titans aren't going to have a, too many games like that one, right? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't think so.
2: But, so I feel I mean, like... David Montgomery's the big question mark, right? Because Khalil Herbert has looked really freaking good in his absence, and how much does he actually eat into David Montgomery's workload? Who was technically a three down running back, workhorse running back. I know he's the Frankenstein. Go, I know he's the Frankenstein of running backs, but I think there is some cause for concern that when David Montgomery comes back, that even when he comes off IR, they'll ease him into that 21 day window.
1: I don't think they'll split to be honest because that's just not what the staff has done historically. There's yeah. been like one dominant guy and then a you know kind of a pass catching guy, which they let Herbert do last week. I I said maybe Damian Williams would be that guy, but they basically kicked Damian Williams to the curb last week and said it's all yours Herbert. So I think it's going to be Monty when he comes back, at, you know like 25 carries a game type guy. And then Herbert's going to be take over that Damian Williams role. Well,
2: we'll have to pause the questions for now. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe rate and review. I don't get why it should be rate review, subscribe because technically you should subscribe to the show first, then rate it, then review it. You got to get the subscription in first. Cause you know, sometimes you rate one, you review it. Then you're like, Oh, I forgot. I, I got other. Oh, I think I it's, got
3: to. I think it's more about asking people from like, here's a tiny thing you could do, rate it. Here's a little bit more effort. You could write a review. And here's like true dedication. You could be a subscriber. See, so hey, you're
1: you're want you subscribe. Subscribe. I actually want you to subscribe, then unsubscribe, and then subscribe again before you rate and review. I agree.
2: If you're listening on the Football and Other F-Words podcast feed or the Music City Audible feed, This is the Flex of Fantasy Football Podcast. Go find this feed and then subscribe, rate, and review, or rate, review, subscribe, whatever it is that is your format of preferred preference. And then set... I'm sorry, Stoney, you were way too late. I saw it in the chat. But then set your notifications to on for Wednesdays. Hold on. We got a couple... We'll we'll go to this. We got a little bit of time. Trading Schultz and the Bills defense for Julio Jones... I have Waller, Tanyan, Tyreek, Emmanuel Sanders, Jacoby Myers, Rashad Bateman, Fuller, Damian Harris, Mike Davis. We'll have to pick up Rams or Bears D. There's a lot to unpack. I think you're fine. Because if you have Waller and Tanyan, there's no need for Schultz. And if you are just getting rid of the Bills defense, I think that the Bears D or the Rams D will be fine to get you through the same amount of points on average throughout the rest of the season and then you're just getting Julio Jones for the hell of it, I guess, but you need to turn around
1: though, instead of Schultz, try that first. And if that doesn't work, then trade Schultz.
2: Well, you don't want to do that this week because the pass catchers in green Bay are pretty much decimated. Robert Tanya will probably be the benefit of that.
3: What I would do. So here's what you do Thursday. You start Tanya. You wait till the Thursday game. Tanya goes Mm -hmm. off. You trade Tanya and bills D for Julio Jones. It executes on Tuesday and then you're good to go.
2: And I would yep. also turn around and trade maybe Julio Jones and one of these other lesser wide receivers like Rashad Bateman or Jacoby Myers for a running back because you look like to desperately need a running back for sure. Are because you, you only me? Have-
1: He's got Damian Harris and uh, playoff Lenny. There's no need for another running back. Well, that's set.
2: it. I mean, they, they're going to have their buy soon.
1: And Mike at Davis, we all know Mike Davis rebounds coming any week now.
3: Oh my! Gosh. Revenge game, Mike Davis revenge game. Yep, we'll see. Carolina. I mean,
1: I gar- i will guarantee that Mike Davis at least doubles his points from last week this coming week. He had one. He had, he had one point last week.
2: If you're listening to the podcast version on any of the very important, ultra famous feeds of football, North forwards and Music City Audible, make sure to tune tune in to Broadway TN on Facebook and on youtube set notifications on for 8 p.m every wednesday to get in your questions on youtube and facebook we'll interact and talk then go buy our merchandise over at and use promo code flex 15 to get 15 percent off thanks for listening on behalf of robert greenlaw justin graver and broadway sports my name is zach lyons and we just flex on now.
0: Broadway Sports Media Production. Football fans, are you a through and through fan of the two tone blue? Do you enjoy keeping up with the Titans and everything going on around the team? Hey, I'm Easton Freeze, writer and broadcaster covering all things Tennessee Titans and the NFL, and I've got a brand new show that is going to be your new go-to podcast. Following the action on Sundays is fun and easy, but so much happens during the busy work week that you're missing. That's why I'm hosting the Titans 10, twice a week, a quick hitting show where we run down all the news and information surrounding the Tennessee Titans in around just 10 minutes. 10 minutes. We're recapping last week's game, looking ahead to this week's game, talking injury news, roster moves, and listening in on the best sound bites from coaches and players during the week. Join me, Easton Freeze, on the Titans 10, every Tuesday and Friday afternoon at 4 p.m. Central to stay informed and up to date on everything Titans. Subscribe to the Titans 10 podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at broadwaysportsmedia.com. Follow the show at the Titans 10 BSM and me at Easton Freeze on Twitter to get updates and interact with the show. I can't wait to see you there.